For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in Hawks fans, it's your boy Bretzel is back at it again for another Believe in Hawks pod. And um, tough loss tonight, guys. Tough loss tonight to the Kings, man. Um, we we have a lot to talk about in terms of what happened. Um, again, a sense of the issues that have plagued this team continue to plague this team, even with Jalen Johnson back. And we're, and we're getting to that point, man, where, where we're going to have the, I know people have been saying it, kind of mentioning it, but what, but you're going to have to start having some uncomfortable conversations uh, and, and start kind of looking at what, what now. Um, I said tonight on Twitter that this is the kind of game that makes you have players only meetings. This is the kind of game that makes you have to look in the mirror. This is the this is the kind of game that you really have to reflect and kind of look at, okay, this is where we are in the season. This is our record. This is what we have coming up. What what is the direction of this team? You are now seven games under 500. And you have the Wizards coming up, so you're not playing, you know, a world beater coming up. But right now, the way you're playing is it's just it's not it's not good basketball, especially in the fourth quarter. It's just not good. It's not good basketball. So we're just gonna go ahead and dive into that right now, guys. Um the Hawks started this game tonight 31-8 out the gate, aggressive defensively, getting turnovers, making shots on fire. Look great. This was this is the that's the kind of start to a game that can give you the vibe of oh yeah this may be a night that we you know dominate or just pretty much control the game. That changed quickly and and, and that's been a theme of this season for this team. The Hawks have done this multiple times and they I've I've discussed this before. They will get out to these leads. And then blow the lead so quickly. Now, the thing is, the lead was so big that you probably weren't going to blow a nearly, what, 30, like, was it, was it a 24, 22, three-point lead early? You probably weren't going to blow that so fast. But as soon as that run happened, basically by the end of the quarter, Kings had cut it down to 12. So you went from 20 to 12, which can happen, but... It was the speed. It's the quickness. I've talked about it. It's how fast the Hawks sometimes blow these these leads or sometimes get these leads produced. It's 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 so fast. This is, It's not a you get a big lead and then it's kind of a back and forth affair, kind of trying to extend the lead or hang on to that lead and the team cut into the lead. They make a run. You make a run. You know, it, it's never that. It's not that like you're slowly getting into the lead as the game goes on and it's about can they make that last push or can the team who has the lead hang on. It, it's it's You have a lead and then you just lose it. 
and there's not much resistance. And that's what happened in the first. Now, they still had a double-digit lead. In the second, and listen, they won both quarters in the first half. So, second half, they ended the half great. They have been a terrible finishing team in quarters. In the second quarter, they finished great. They got turnovers. They got back to what got them that lead early. They were able to create turnovers. Jalen Johnson hit, hit some big shots, uh, was found us at fast break opportunities, and they were back up to, like, 18 points by the end of the – or 17 points by, by halftime. So you're like, okay, yeah, okay. It looks like they're, they're holding steady. Here's a stat. The Hawks in the second half only scored 20 and 19 points in the third and fourth quarter. Think about that. For a team that is known for their offense, for a team that is top five in offense, to only score a total of 39 points in the second half, is unacceptable. And I, and I said this too tonight. I said the Hawks are the most unlucky offensive team I've ever seen in my years watching basketball. Because when they need to make shots, they don't. If it's just like in the middle of a, qu- a random quarter, the top, the start of a quarter, you know, things like that. They'll make some shots. They'll make a run, whatever. But when it's like we need baskets, they literally have a lid on the rim. They cannot make a basket or they struggle to make baskets to save their life. And tonight was a prime example. The final four minutes of the game. I don't have the exact time, but I know it was over four minutes. The Hawks offense in that fourth quarter did not score one field goal. They were stuck at 110, I swear, for like, the last four minutes of the game. Defensively, I, again, I have said this. I don't feel like they've played that bad defensively. You know, like, like literally, like they had the Kings to 90 points in the, I think they were, yeah, I think the Kings were still in the 90s at the start of the fourth quarter. And they, and I think the Hawks were in the 100s. And then you end up losing that game. Like, like if you're if you if you don't score the last four minutes of a game, unless you have a 30-point lead, you probably will lose that game, regardless of how good your defense is. And 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 I think that that in and of itself, you DeJounte, again, he's had this theme of he'll play really good in the first half, make shots in the first half, and then the second half, it's like this man cannot knock down a single bucket. This man was not good in the second half today. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, like why, why are you off? What is happening? What is it? Why are you playing well to start games in first halves, but not able to continue that going into the second? Like, what is causing that? You know, Trey tonight, you know, he had that string of 30, 10 games, but and he, and he had a decent game tonight. It obviously wasn't 30 and 10, but. Even him, like, again, sometimes his shot selection, those long threes are sometimes questionable because it's like, listen, I guess you can make it, Trey, but try to get a better opportunity if you can. Miss And and and, and Bogey, too. I mean, Bogey's had some games where for, as the game goes on and the game gets later, the threes that he was knocking down with, with regularity are, are now becoming bricks. And he's having a hard time making shots late. 
And it's like everybody's having a hard time making shots. Like Bay has been just offensively, especially from three, has not been great in these last few games. For a stretch of games, really, he hasn't been great. And, you know, and, and Jalen, you know, first half kind of played like a guy who hasn't played basketball in a while. So, like I said, at the end of that second quarter, seemed to heat up a little bit. He had some good moments that he was great on the boards. Hawks won the rebounding battle tonight against one of the best rebounding teams in the, in the league. Jalen was a big part of that. Jalen Jalen tonight had 16 and 15. So you're looking at that like, okay, he, he did his work. Capella 12 and 12. Front line combined had 34 rebounds. You know, you, you like you like like you got what you what you needed from those guys, and a team that you knew did, was going to rebound, but just wasn't enough. And then, like I said, with Bogey tonight, he only had twelve points in this game. Usually, if you can get twelve points from a bench guy, that's great. But it was on four fourteen shooting, two of ten for three. He he was not the Bogdanovich that we have seen tonight, and 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 that was the issue. And I, and I said this too. I said. The Hawks are getting good looks. The Hawks are, were getting good looks all game. The Kings were not making it difficult for the Hawks. Like that's the thing. Usually in some of these games, it just seems like sometimes the Hawks just the the, the the team adjusts to the Hawks and they just make things difficult for the offense. So then it makes it harder for the Hawks to make shots. I felt like tonight the Kings did not make it that difficult. The Hawks just literally missed shots. The Hawks, especially in that fourth quarter. The Hawks have not been a good fourth quarter team all year. And, and 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 it's the strangest thing because they did what they did again tonight. They got up 11. They were they, the, the lead was cut down. Hawks was able to get it back to 11, hit some big threes, and then blew the lead immediately within 2 minutes. And and that and that to me is just insane to think about because it's like why are you as a team have good stretches and then all of a sudden now it's like you can't do anything it's like this team like I said it's just unlucky when it comes to needing baskets when they need when they need to and maintaining leads you know and like I said you you got you had Garrison Matthews and Patty Mills play tonight they gave you six points I mean, like I've said before, I mean, if literally if DeAndre Hunter played tonight, even if he gave you 14 points tonight, he's going to be making up for those two guys. You're still having, what, eight more points than you would usually get, which would have been the difference in this game. Like, I'm basically telling you, DeAndre just got to hit a season average. He ain't even got to be great. Hey, we win this game. Because I, like I've said, you lose one of the wings, now the team can't win. You you lose you lose Kate Capella, now you can't defend at the rim. Now you're getting up baskets all over the place in, in the paint. The Hawks are just a team that is constructed where if you lose one guy, now all of a sudden whatever that guy brings, you don't have anymore. You you you're, you're struggling to be able to do now. And that 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 is a sign of roster construction to me. That you have that. Now, obviously, right now, I think a lot of people are looking at 
what the Hawks need to do on that end of things. Obviously, Kobe Bufkin, uh, want to give him some love from the Skyhawks. Had a really, really, really good game in his debut uh, a couple of days ago. I think he had 31. I could be wrong. I think he had 31 points in that game. 31 to 34. And he played great. And I think a lot of people came out of that game thinking, listen, why not give him some run? I'd rather him play than Patty Mills. Like, 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 why not? It's not like these they've got like Garrison and them are playing so well that the rookies don't deserve to play. Obviously, I, that's why I said I hate it for Seth that he injured his ankle now that he finally got some some playing time. Because now, I mean, I don't know if they're going to put him back in once he gets back from the ankle. People are are wanting Kobe to play. Like, like give him a shot. Just give him a chance. And like I said, it sucks that Muhammad Gay is hurt because, I mean, we don't know if he would be involved in the rotation if he was healthy. You know, so it's one of those things where the Hawks have just been so unlucky in fourth quarters and bad in fourth quarters, and that's just what ultimately is beating this team. That is just what ultimately is is keeping this team from being able to get on winning streaks and for them to be able to be a more competitive team. The, the, the analytics say that Hawks are supposed to be a upper, I don't want to say upper echelon team. They're supposed to be a much better team than what their record says. I'll say that. They should be able to compete with a lot of the of the, of the uh, tier two teams at least, and be up in that tier. Like it always feels like the Hawks should be better. Like that, I think that's ultimately the big thing too. Is it feels like the Hawks should be better than what they are. They should be uh, have a better record. They should have better. Like, but, but why aren't they? What what is the core reason why they're not better than what they are? What is holding this team back so much? People have pointed it out. Cleveland has injuries, and they're still winning. Miami has had injuries, and they're still winning. So why is it so difficult for us to have a couple of injuries, and now we can't win? We can't win games. Why is it that this team just can't do certain things now when it gets down to the fourth quarter? Because one thing about fourth quarter play, especially with the team struggling that they have, is that is it mental? Is it, is it something that's affecting you mentally? Is that something that is coming into your head? It's the fourth quarter. We're just hanging on. We're just trying to hang on. Because I feel like sometimes in the fourth quarter, Quinn has always wanted to play a more decisive, quick decision, be aggressive, believe and be confident in what you're doing when you do it type of coach. And in the fourth quarter, I, I felt like, especially in those final possessions, I felt like there was too much passing at times. I felt like there were times with the where there wasn't conviction. It felt like it was just like somebody's, like I felt like there were some guys who could have took open shots and passed them up to try to pass. And I'm like, guys, like, no, take the shot. Like, I'd rather you take that shot than trying to make the extra pass because the Kings were being able to recover defensively and rotate. And so now you're getting to the end of the shot clock and now you're not getting as high of a quality of a shot that you maybe could have taken earlier in the possession. So, you know, I, I think that in and of itself has been tough to see. And, and, and it's been something I, you know, you, you observe when watching this team. And that ultimately is what makes, makes it difficult for this team to be successful because, because sometimes, too, 
the Hawks really don't put a lot of pressure on the rim when it comes offensively outside of DeJounte at times. And he doesn't do it consistently, but he does it. I would think more. Bay puts pressure on the rims at times, but I feel like as the game goes on, those moments they want uh, Bay to be more of a three-point shooter. And so I think what happens is it feels like the Hawks are just taking a lot of jump shots late in these games. And the thing is, is that, you know, you can live and die by the jump shot. Obviously, Quinn's velocity in general is to put up a lot of threes, of course. But it, it feels like you've got to break defense down to create good looks and because that's what other teams do. They break the Hawks down defensively. They get into the paint. They put in pressure because the Hawks have issues trying to keep guys out of the middle of the uh, paint or out in the middle of the court and also just have a hard time on the perimeter containing guys. So they get into the middle of the paint. That makes the Hawks clap. Now the Hawks are scrambling to rotate and they're able to get that alley or that easy dunk as a bonus or get Malik or De'Aaron Fox off the three. That one three that De'Aaron Fox had that took the lead initially where DeJounte was so late on the rotation is what I'm talking about. That That's one of the big issues that it seems like seems to happen is that you know, the, the Hawks guards overplay a lot. So you're able to get a lot of back cuts against them and a lot of things like that. And that creates easy opportunities for the off, for, for the opposing team to get back into the game because they know we can do things to get easy baskets and actually execute against this team consistently. The Hawks sometimes do things that can get them good baskets, but that a lot of it is predicated on the jump shot. So then the problem is, is that if the jump shot isn't falling now, it's like, oh, snap, what are we going to do? That's why sometimes I've also kind of been like, you know, maybe maybe we should consider using Jalen Johnson more in, in those situations and just maybe playing some two-man with Jalen and Trey or Jalen and, and DeJounte. I think that's something that the Hawks should explore more in, in fourth-quarter situations because Jalen is a guy who can hit a three. I mean, he, I mean, obviously, I know Quinn isn't the biggest mid-range guy, but, I mean, I think, you know, Jalen, I, I feel like Jalen should be able to be willing. You should trust him to take mid-ranges or – like I said, he, he, he's a guy. He's super athletic. He can explode towards the rim. Get him some more alley-oop situations. I think he should be more involved in alley-oop action. We use a lot of Capella and a Kongu in the action. Why don't we use Jalen more in that action? Get him some easy shots, some easy, easy points in the game like we do for them. So that's something that maybe could mitigate some of the offense pressure instead of this, let's spread the floor, let Trey just attack, and then just kind of see where things go. To me, I'm just like, you know, we we it, it's something that I always said during the Easter Conference Finals run. They utilized really, really well. They utilized John Collins really, really well in the two-man pick and roll action because then they were able to, especially in the Spain pick and roll, especially. Because then they were able to, even though John was able to kind of keep the defender honest because he, he was a three-level score, he could hit a three, he could hit the mid-range, or he could go drive to the paint, and we know he could dunk. So I was like okay, well, let's utilize Jalen that same way right now. Maybe that is something that you can explore just to maybe help get better shots. And then also, like I said, get Jalen more involved. Because like I said, he is one of your best three players. And so you should treat him as such, especially in clutch situations. He's not a guy who you should not give shot attempts to late in those games. I think people would, would actually gladly see, want to see Jalen Johnson take more shots in those situations. So those those are just potential small solutions, I guess, or small things that you can at least try and see what that looks like. Because like I said, losing a game like this to the Kings is, is tough. It's tough. 
because it's just one of those games that's just like you had the game in your hands and then you you lost it. And it feels like it's just a rinse and repeat now. Bulls, you had the game in your hands and you lost it. The Heat, you had the game in your hands and you lost it. Just multiple games this season. You have the game in your hands and you lose it. Blowing leads. Like, like, like it's just consistent across the board. You know, Quinn made a statement after the game last game talking about they didn't value every possession. And, I, and, I was, and it was one of the few times that I feel like Quinn Snyder really was just like, we just as a team did not have the right mindset, did not have the right, just the right grit, the right mental for this game to win this game. And to me, that spoke values. Because Quinn usually in press conferences, you know, he'll sometimes just say they made shots. We didn't make shots. They did this. They did that. We didn't do this. You know, we just got to be better. But that was the first time he actually questioned a non-basketball actually on the court. Like, it's on the court, but, like, to me, when you say we're not valuing possessions – that's a that's a mindset. That that's a that's that's a mental part of the game to me. And so I wonder if, you know, they came out early, they came out hot, came out like a team that had a fire lit under them, and then you just you know, and then even when the Kings kind of made a run, they were able to get the run back up, and then it's like, okay, they seem like they're they're able to kind of stay in control of this game, and then that fourth quarter happens, you get up 11, and then you fall apart. And then you can't hit a shot. It's it's just it's just one of those things like what what happens to the team? Why does the way they play change down the stretch? Why is it different than what it was when they were playing really well? Because Quinn has made that comment multiple times as well we will do what we need to be doing or what I want them to do. And then we'll just stop doing it. He's made that comment since last year. And so to me, it it makes it sound like the players just, when certain situations arise, they just start to play differently. And that's the thing is they need to try. Cause like when they went on that winning streak, when they went, when they went on that winning streak, when they went 0 two, if you remember a lot of those games, the Hawks play really – one of the best things they were doing was playing well down the stretch. And then one of the games that stands out to me is that Pelicans game. Him, DeJounte and Trey were playing great off of each other. Great – got great looks, made shots, just really solid sound basketball down the stretch of that game. And during, like I said, DeJounte had, had, had very – just really good possessions. The team had really strong possessions when they came back against Minnesota. They did the stuff that I think Quinn wanted them to do. During that winning streak. And then ever since that winning streak, it's like it's been just so hard for them to get back to that to, and, and, and play like that the whole game or in important stretches. Now it feels like it's just, it's not the same. Is it buying? You know, obviously, I know with the trade rumors, especially with DeJounte's trade rumors. Some people are wondering, is DeJounte still locked in? 
is DeJounte still invested? Is that why he's been such a roller coaster? Because when you're kind of not 100% committed, you're going to have moments where, I mean, you're a baller, you're a a competitor, you're going to play, you love playing basketball, but there'll be times where maybe you don't show up in certain situations. Not, I'm not saying you're sabotaging, so don't get me wrong, but I'm saying that it's just your play becomes uneven, you know, in that situation. It's one of those things that, you just wonder, like, what what is going on? Like I said, this is the type of game that would create player-only situations. I mean, we don't even know if the Hawks have already, maybe have already had a meeting already. With Jeff Schultz retiring from the Athletic, I mean, he was the guy who, you know, would usually formulate stuff like this. And, you know, at some point in the season, would release an article, this is what's going on with the Hawks right now. I mean, he released something, I think, about a month ago, but... You know, that's that's usually like how things go. And now he's retiring. So I don't know if he's necessarily. I, I mean, I'm assuming he's done or he's about to be done. So who's going to be the person to leak an article this year about what's happening in the Hawk locker room? Even though nothing negative has came out so far, it's just. Something something maybe is meshing. And like and I said this in my last episode, too, I said. The Hawks front office don't need to make, don't need to wait to make a move. You need to make a move in January. You you need to make something happen because you're entering a point where now that you're seven games under 500, if you continue to lose and you hit 10 games under 500, you're going to have to have that, that decision. What, what do we do? Do we tank? Do we start trying to get into a lottery? The draft apparently is not that great this year. So it's not like you're tanking for anybody super duper fantastic this year. So it's not like this draft is is that type of class to tank for. So do you tank? Uh, Do you do a mini reset? But the thing is, I always say, if you try to reset or restart or any of that, the question is, what does that mean for Trey Young? What is that conversation like with Trey Young? Trey Young wants to win. He wants to, he, he, I always say, he wants to be able to try to compete. Luckily, you are in the Eastern Conference, so the Hawks will never probably be out of potentially getting a play in spot because it, it looks like that's where it'll end up unless they make a run later this season, but they're not out of getting a play in spot. But, you know, can you go to Trey Young and say, hey, this season's a wash. We're going to go in a different direction. Can you do that? I don't know. Jante, like I said, potentially on the trade market. DeAndre, we've already heard, potentially on the trade market. Luke Capella as well. There, there are some tough questions and tough decisions that are going to have to be made. So we're going to have to see what those decisions are. Because right now the Hawks are one of the worst fourth quarter teams in the league and you're not able to make shots and you don't know if it's mental. And and it's just, there's a lot of things to unpack from that. So we're going to have to 
see what what that is. They play, like I said, they play the Wizards next. Team they've been they've beat twice this season. Wizards are not a good team this year, so you would hope, you know, the Hawks come out and win that game and snap this four-game losing streak. Because if you lose to the Wizards, I mean, it, it feels like you keep hitting new lows uh, with how things have gone this season, but that would be... That that is a that that is a if the Hawks lose to the Wizards, that's a confidence breaker. That's a roster destroyer. That's a that's a you're you're walking into the locker room and like we I need to leave or people need to leave if you're certain players. So the Hawks have some interesting decisions to make. Uh but Right now, they're just trying to fight through adversity and try to figure out what's going on and be able to start winning again. So, tough, tough loss tonight, man. Like I said, blowing in the fourth quarter, not scoring a basket in the final four minutes of the game. Just, It's just killer. Absolutely killer for this team. I mean, the Kings finishing. I don't know what the run was to finish the game, but I know... I, I think it was almost a 30, 30 to, to 5, 30 to 8 run. So that that's just one of those those times where you just just doesn't just not good. It's just not good. So well we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens Sunday um against the Washington Wizards, like I said. And we'll hope for the best. Hopefully Hawks can turn around and get a W, man. So um We'll, we'll we'll stay tuned. For, for some of y'all that don't want to watch the games anymore, don't worry. This is why the Believe in Hawks podcast is here. I'll watch the games for you. I'll give you feedback on what happened, and we'll talk about it, and then y'all can give me y'all thoughts on it after the fact as well. So that's all I got for you guys. You Believe in Hawks podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Bryce underscore 2K. Also, don't forget, if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe, like the video, or if you're listening to audio, leave a rating or a review. Show your boys some love on the pod. It's your boy, Bryce Lewis. See you next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.